Hello there, you're listening to the Table Talk podcast with me, Paddy McGuinness. And me, Christine McGuinness. This series is all about the wonders and worries of raising disabled or seriously ill children. We'll be talking about lots of different things. Lots, whether it be the price tag of disability, trying to get away on a simple holiday or the challenges of getting together as a family at mealtimes. And that's never easy at the best of times. So, on the Table Talk podcast, we are working with McCain who believe every family should be able to enjoy mealtimes together. And Family Fund, the national charity providing grants and essential support to families on low incomes who are raising disabled or seriously ill children across the UK. McCain is supporting Family Fund to help them reach their goal of providing 150,000 grants and services to families across the UK each year. Together, McCain and Family Fund are supporting even more families on low incomes, giving parents, carers and children a voice and helping to create those little moments that matter, like at mealtimes. This episode's all about siblings who grow up with brothers or sisters with additional or complex needs. We'll find out about the vital family support they give and the issues they overcome as a family. We have three amazing children and today we're looking forward to meeting a mum who also has three amazing children. Okay, Joe. as we know, this episode's all about siblings. Please tell us about your three beautiful children. Okay, so we've got Max, he's nine. Uh, he has autism and ADHD. Um, and then we've got Archie, who's six, and he has brain damage. He has autism. He's got like a plethora of complex needs and they're completely different. Um, and then I've got Aubrey and she is just on four and she's the devil. She's fine. She's great. <laughs> but she's like a terror. She's, you know, she's a typical four-year-old. But um, yeah, no. I think it's just she's... the youngest. We we have the same with our youngest. She seems to be yeah. really loud and proud. I think it's just the little one likes to shout a bit louder to be heard and seen. Yeah. Our, our yeah. youngest, Felicity, uh, God, she is... Of, like you're saying with Aubrey she's a bit of a force of nature that's it uh, that's and the she's the one where you're going if there's something happening in the house or there's you hear something break or whatever it's always Felicity yeah but as a sibling yeah. though very very caring I must say towards the twins she's mm. she's very caring yeah, she very is, bless her. so listen you were just saying about um, Max and Archie mm-hmm. uh, and they've they've both got different needs yeah. How does how, and you were saying about Aubrey being a little terror, bless her. <laughs> but are they aware of each other's different needs? Max has never known anything different. Obviously, being the oldest, he's 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 starting to notice more because he sees with his friends. His friends have different relationships with their siblings to what he has. Um, so with Aubrey, he's almost a bit more like not rough, but he's almost got that playful relationship more because she is more of a a typical kind of sibling. Archie does not really, he's not fussed by anyone. He's kind of in his own bubble. If you're welcome into that bubble, you're very lucky. When Archie and Aubrey were born, we almost refer to them as the twins. Like they were always together um, because they were at that same kind of, even though there's a three and a half year age gap. Yeah. Yeah. They still ha- they were developmentally kind of around the same time, but now Aubrey's starting to she's well the last couple of years she's really started to overtake Archie, and she knows something's different. Um, and just last night actually she started to inquire about she was like oh why doesn't Archie do what I do 
why isn't Archie, you know, doing this and doing that? And it's trying to explain brain damage and autism yeah. to a four-year-old. Yeah, have she's spoken to the children about their conditions. Max forgets that he has autism. He's not phased by it at all. He just forgets he has it. But he's also got ADHD and he's just completely yeah. like a Duracell bunny. He just does not switch off. So he just yeah. tends to, you know, forget. And then he had a um, counsellor go into his school and talk him talk to him about Archie. And they actually made this, they drew out this little superhero and it was really sweet. And that superhero was Max. And he was trying to explain Archie's brain damage. And he actually explained it as they were like forever marks on his on his brain. It's a really gentle way of explaining brain damage, especially to another child. And it's like, and it, it just works and it just fits in with our language. So they know they've got a different dynamic, but they just seem to just slot in with one another. It's, it's difficult, yeah. really, with kids explaining anything and getting yeah. them to understand it. So how, you, yeah. how you've put it there, you know, it, it's the right way to do it. And, oh, thank you. And bless her, Aubrey, I think, when she gets older, she's going to be so well-equipped in life. Yeah. She will. And, and, you know, a really positive from it is she's going to treat everyone the same. She's going to know how difficult things have been for Archie. She's going to appreciate things a lot more. And it sounds like Max, even though Max is nine, he's autistic, ADHD, it sounds like he's put his own struggles totally to the back of his mind to to support Archie. Mm. And obviously we know Archie's got a lot more going on. He's six, brain damage, sensory processing disorder, autistic learning difficulties there's there's quite a lot going on with Archie does Archie understand an awful lot I know he's only six he's very very young no so developmentally mentally he's probably around six months to a year so physically you wouldn't know any different he's completely you know doesn't look physically disabled in any way but it's when you're kind of in his presence you you very quickly become you know aware that something something else is going on but he has absolutely to my knowledge I mean I say all this and you know he could but to my knowledge and to the experts knowledge he has completely zero understanding of kind of what is different about him which Mm. it's nice in a way because he doesn't have to experience that outside judgment because people do look they do stare um, you know, he's in a wheelchair when he's out for, you know, his own safety and other people's safety and because it just becomes overwhelming. But I, I remember when- we had an incident once where um, we were in a disabled parking bay and yes. a, a fella came over to me and said, um, you know, he didn't say anything at first. I could just tell the way he was looking look. at me and, and yeah. he just caught me on a bit of an off day. And I was like, yeah, is, is everything all right? Is there a problem? Yeah. And he was like... Uh, you're in a disabled spot. And I said, yeah. And he went, well, they don't look disabled. And I just thought, God, what does that look like? You it's, know, it's, 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 it's all, disability, isn't it, exactly. But it, it's that kind of thing where it drives you mad. And Fortunately, I, I, I suppose- it's, it's probably quite a blessing that Archie's very unaware. And I've always yeah, said that yeah. with our children when I've talked them out and about they're completely not interested in what anyone thinks of them if they want to have a yeah, meltdown, you know, if they have sensory <laughs> overload. Absolutely. They just carry on being them. Yeah. And in some ways, yeah. you know, I find it quite inspirational. They don't care. I've got a friend who uh, has three children and yeah. uh, one of his children is autistic. Yeah. And he was saying to me that he felt growing up, his autistic son got the most attention 
and it yeah. were almost it was almost like the other two are fine; they can look after themselves or whatever. Do you find that happens a lot? Like, do, do you spend a lot more time dealing with Archie yeah. and his needs as you opposed do. to with, with Max and Aubrey? You do. You have to delegate. You, it's just it's cut and dry. It's horrible, and you do feel intense guilt, but you you're in a situation where it's it's crappy and it's either my child's going to be a little bit disappointed because I can't give them attention right now or we're going to have a particularly unsafe situation where something could really escalate quickly and everyone can end up suffering. So it is horrible and especially in COVID when you're in that bubble and you're locked Mm. in and, you know, because Archie has an immune deficiency and so does his dad. So we were shielding. He's clinically extremely vulnerable and we had to shield for basically two to three years. And I mean, it, Max, I remember there were situations where Max was trying to do his homeschool and I've got Archie in the other room and I'm having to, you know, Max is like, oh, mum, can you help me with this? I, I, I can't quite get this. I'm like, I can't do that right now because I've got to change Archie's nappy and mm. if I don't change it now, he's going to put poo on the wall. So it's it's horrible and I I really do have so much empathy for any other parent that has neurodiverse and neurotypical children because having to sp- split that time mm. is it can be savage and you do feel like the worst parent and you know, there have been times where Max has been like, oh, you know, you can't love me. If you love me, you you know, I wouldn't be left out. And and he, and then he feels guilty. He'll calm down and later he's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean that. And it's trying to explain to That must be to heart- heartbreaking for you it to hear your little lad saying that to you. It's, it's horrible. But at the same time, I have to say to him, it's okay. You're entitled mm. to feel that way because this is a unique situation. This is a situation that's really hard and your friends don't all go through, but... You deal with it amazingly. I was just going to say, and also with Jamie and Joe, that when, you know, this this guilt that might wash over you now and again, but actually uh, those three children have dropped the lottery, having someone like Joe and Jamie there, because, you know, not everyone's as patient and everything else as these two. Trying to split yourself between three children it's impossible and especially when you've got those with additional needs and you need to give them that extra time now for us ours are all autistic for you you've got Aubrey who so far as far as you're aware she hasn't got any additional needs and there is going to be times that come up you know weekends she might want to go dancing or out with her friends and yeah you're gonna have to think about your other two It, it must be really really difficult to try and split that time it is, and that's what we're actually starting to navigate at the moment with Max, because even though Max has additional needs, he, like I said, he's completely opposite to Archie, and he still has that de- desire to do social things that entice him. So he does Cubs, and Cubs, the start of that, links in with Archie's bedtime. So then it's trying to, and we have to be, one of us has to be with Archie all the time, but then there's Aubrey. So then it's trying to navigate that. But now we've just moved. We've moved to a different county to be closer to our family so they can help out. So for the last couple of weeks, Max goes to my mum's. So she picks him up from school on a Monday. They go to Cubs. He comes back. He stays up at hers overnight. And then we pick him up from school the next day. And for him, the difference in him just having that little tiny break away Mm. is, you know, it, it, 
it almost recharges him a little bit. I think people don't realise, because um, we, we didn't really have that, but the how, how amazing it is if you do have a, a family around you who are supportive like that, just to give you a break as well. When I think back to the twins, uh, Leo and Penelope, yeah. up to kind of being four or five-year-old, the lack of sleep me and Christine had really affected me and Christine. And, and I think that's when I first started going into that kind of depressive state. Yeah. And I felt like I were permanently jet-lagged. And yeah. I was looking at your notes about uh, Archie and yourself and your husband, Jamie, almost like, you're like a tag team, aren't you? You know, you take yeah. it in turns going in with him at bedtime. And just talk yep. talk us through a bit about Archie's bedtime and, and how that is with your routine and your husband's routine. Yeah. So basically, we Archie's routine really starts about six-ish. Um, and then he has his, he has sleep medicine. He has melatonin. Um, and he has that around half six. And then we try and get him into bed for about seven, just so he's starting to get tired. Mm. Um, but then one of us has to be with him. He can't fall asleep by himself. That can take anywhere from like an hour to like three and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's really grueling. And you have to, you know, lay at the opposite end of the bed, not touching him, pretending you asleep yourself yeah. um to try and get him off and then creep out when he's just in that right part of his sleep so you're not going to wake him up again and then max and him share a room so then we've got to try and get max into his oh, room gosh. oh my god oh but my max can't god, yeah. max can't go to bed until archie's gone to bed so now Arch- max has to have sleeping medication himself in order to help get him into that cycle because them trying to share a room is just you know in an ideal world we'd have a 10 bedroom house with a million different rooms for everything yeah. you need but that's not the reality yeah so and max actually likes sharing a room with archie because he's got that protective nature over him yeah it's his um, little brother isn't it exactly and that's the way he's only ever viewed him he knows he's different but he's his little brother part and mm. parcel that's it um but it is difficult because archie can wake up i mean he woke up at half 10 the other night he went to bed uh he managed to get sleep about eight woke up at half 10 and that was him until seven o'clock the next night oh wow yeah and he is wild when he's awake like he is hyper he's running around the room naked screaming and and not in a you know like oh my god i'm being attacked what i think he was but he's just wild absolutely wild jumping up and down and it's literally just a lot of coffee yeah and um a lot of laughter because if you don't laugh i think you'll cry (laughs) Can I just ask, and, and you don't have to talk about it, it's, it's totally fine by me, but do yourself and Jamie work? So, funnily enough, before I had Max and, you know, Archie and Aubrey, I was, um, I'd done university and I went into teaching. I was actually working with children with additional needs. And mm. so, you know, in a twist of fate, that's kind of where I've ended up. But Jamie, he was in management in retail. He's he came out of school at 18 went straight into retail worked his way up and that was you know his career was really happy in that um and when we got archie's diagnosis it it got really hard Mm. then he went to reduced hours um and then covid happened um and again when he went back he had to reduce his hours even more and then they just couldn't accommodate him anymore and he had to stop working to help support at home 
and that's where we are at the moment it's because even just taking Archie to his appointments I mean I'm the driver so I've got the easy bit really Jamie has to be with Archie to meet his needs and make sure everything's fine because Archie's got a five-point harness and a Houdini strip and he will still get out of that he honestly if he wants to get out, he's getting out. And yeah. if if he's, you know, having a sensory overload, he's having a meltdown at, you know, 70 miles per hour, kicking out, throwing things. At, you know, mm. the amount of times I've got something thrown at my head while I'm driving and, <laughs> you know, I'm used to it. So I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's, it's a safety thing. Archie yeah. is a constant two-man person all the time. And I'm sure people listening are going, how do they cope? But it's amazing. You just do. Uh, yeah, as human beings, we do, don't yeah. we? We do, yeah. you know, it don't make it any easier, but you do find a way. Yeah. And I think for people like you who, who, who are listening to this, they'll get, they'll take stuff from yeah. you, Joey, you know what I mean? And, and, and it'll help them with their family. But also you are just a family of five. You're, you're a mum yeah. and a dad with three children and like us, you know, yeah, there's some additional needs there, but there is... The, the whole sibling thing as well yeah. you know our three together sometimes very very rarely they're, they're lovely they'll sit and read it's nice and quiet and you kind of pinch yourself go you oh my god how long is this gonna last <laughs> but then there is the normal brotherly sisterly yeah. love going on where the, the and Aubrey and Max fighting. they go at it they fight well they yeah do. I was just gonna strong. ask can you tell us some of the nice things that the children love to do together at home so, like I said, Max has a really close bond with Aubrey because mm. he, as much as he's got a close bond with Archie, it's different. Mm. Yeah. It's, you know, and Archie, for the, you know, for the first kind of three years of his life, he ignored him. He didn't want to be around him. Max was much younger and much more flighty. And Archie doesn't like other children because they scare him. They're too flighty for him. They, yeah. right. you know, so. But Max was like, no, you're going to love me. You're going to be, you know, we're, we're going to have a relationship. And now they're yeah. close as ever. Archie can order numbers. And that is solely down to Max sitting with him with PEX cards every yeah. day, ordering numbers with him. And Archie learns in sequences. So that's, that's so good how... to hear that though, isn't it? I know. It's almost like Max has become a young carer. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? I remember getting... Max's diagnosis and I cried I cried my eyes out and it wasn't because they diagnosed him with autism it wasn't because he's got this life-changing diagnosis it was nothing to do with that I just felt pure guilt I thought it was just purely down to our our environment and Mm. and to then be told because you know they did this ADOS assessment I'm sure everyone listening Mm. will be familiar with this they then go through it with you afterwards and they kind of point out what's you know where they're you know sort of different and and where things are connecting differently for them and afterwards I'm sitting there thinking it slapped me in the face I'm like I can see it and I've disregarded that and I just felt like I'd done such a huge disservice to Max. For you obviously you had Max then Archie and then went on to have Aubrey as well. Yeah. Did it help you knowing everything that you already know with the boys when you had Aubrey, you knew what to look for with those developments? Yeah, it did. Um, And I think like you guys with the twins, Archie was born really poorly. So everything that he had going on, all the delays he had, it was just, oh, he's poorly, he's playing catch up, he's poorly, he's playing catch up. And then it was that until it wasn't, Mm. you know, he then had this MRI and it's like, oh, he's got brain damage. That's, he's not going to catch up now. So it was a bit of a slap in the face, but all those 
telltale things. And I think especially with Max getting his diagnosis. So, you know, later and me kind of looking back and thinking, oh, my God, how did I miss that? Max plays a really important role. He's a brilliant spokesperson for his brother. And I know he recently was in an article with the Sunday Times. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So he has followed the charity Sibs, um, which is siblings of adults and children with a disabled child or, you know, disabled sibling. The Sunday Times, they wanted to cover young carers in the COVID pandemic and make awareness of how they're coping, you know, during the pandemic. And he just he just told his truth. And there, I, I think even in the article, there was me sitting there almost trying to sugarcoat things just because you do, don't you? You just yeah. kind of glaze over it. And he'd stop me and he'd be like, no, mum. <laughs> Let's let's be honest here, and I think I get. I think that's part of his. You know, also he doesn't have that filter. He can't. You know, he's so blunt, so blunt. And um, he was like, you know, no, mum, this is hard. We do do this, and we do that. I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Honest, honesty is a quality. It's a good thing to have. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Leo said to me the other day, I, I was doing his bedtime. He went, "You've got bingo wings." I went, "You what?" <laughs> where the hell's that come from can i ask your um how did you find out about family fund well ooh. basically you know when they say one bus doesn't come three come at once yeah that kind of happened to us one thing didn't go wrong they all went wrong so our oven went right our oh washing God. machine went yeah. and i was just like how am i gonna going to do this and it was actually we had um so we have something over this way called i send which is just like early help years when they're not quite in school yeah um and they said well have you heard of family fund and i said no <laughs> like you know what's that um and they just pinpointed me over to family fund and i thought because at the time jamie was working i thought we're not going to meet their criteria at all um and we did and they are so so supportive and we got an oven through them and I can't sing their praises enough because, like I said, it all went wrong at once. They gave us, um, we got a grant for a washing machine. It's a nine kilogram washing machine. And yeah. I bet I know you, you can just, that. yeah, exactly. That, that you know, I, I, I can see you, Christine, you and you're like, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, Constantly you need that. On. Yeah. But then they give you a warranty. They give you like a five-year warranty. They make sure they take that extended warranty out. So you're not just getting that grant. You're getting that peace of mind that for five years, you know you're covered. Yeah, and totally. that, you know, and again, with the oven, the blimmin' oven went, and we need a double oven because they eat nothing, but they eat everything. So we had to have that double thing. And they were like, yeah, don't worry. We've got you covered. Here comes the oven. Here comes the five-year warranty. You're good. The more I've looked into it, like you were saying about, oh, will we fit the criteria? It's amazing the help they offer and the things they offer because it is, like you say, a wash machine. Yeah. But then it yeah, could be yeah. a weekend away at Avon Holiday Park. You know, it's it's not one thing. Yeah. So, Joe, can you tell us a little bit more about how mealtimes are in your house? Yes. So we have all the kids eat together. They don't eat together at a table. Like, that's not just not what it looks like at our, our <laughs> house. Um, Aubrey, not, Aubrey has her own little table. She's literally got her own little table for one and she sets herself up and she's like, yeah, going in on it. Max, he likes to sit separately. He eats like a snail. He eats so, <laughs> so slowly. 
And Archie at the moment, we like to call it dinner with a view because he likes to sit at the windowsill. Right. <laughs> like he literally sets himself up at the windowsill and he'll graze. He'll go, he'll come back, he'll go, he'll come back. Um, and then once the children are in bed and, you know, kind of asleep, we then try and eat, me and Jay eat together as well. Um, because it's just important that we eat together yeah. and we have that time to kind of debrief together. But I think... <sighs> As as long as they're happy and they're doing their own thing, mm. it's good. And they all, I always say they eat everything but nothing because they they eat a lot, but they're very, very specific with what they eat. If Archie could live off beige food, and I I know 100% so many people are going to be like, yes. That's our house. Yes. That is exactly how our house is. <laughs> and it's just, it's literally, he lives off smiley faces, chips, oh, a jacket potato. Say, because... Because McCain's uh, a part of this. It's not McCain. Yeah. You are? Oh, hang McCain. on a minute, Joe. Very controversial. Just hold on. I've been pulled up by my wife on something here. What are you on about? McCain. M-C-C-A-I-N. It's McCain's. McCain. No, it's McCain. Get it, right? What? McCain. What do you, what no do you say, Joe? It's McCain. McCain. We've got a freezer Hang on a minute. Am I the McCain? only one who's like been coming Same. around all my life going, get some McCain's in Anyhow, uh, oh <laughs> but what we, we, you were saying about um, Max being a slow eater, yeah. that's one of the things, Leo, bless him, um, yeah. uh, my son, he literally is the same and I have to keep popping stuff in his mouth. So he'll have it, but if you leave him to it, and it's that kind of thing as a parent, you're going, it's gone cold. Yeah, But he'll carry on still eating even if it's cold, but then you're thinking, yeah. oh, it'd be, surely it'd be nicer if it's warm that. Do you have to do that? Do you have to do that with Max? Do you have to pop it in his mouth or? Yeah, he. Oh, I swear to God, he will not. He just won't eat unless you're constantly on him. Like Max, yeah. Can, can you eat again, Max? You know, after you finish chewing, you have to put another bit in your mouth, yeah. and then he'll sometimes want it reheated, and sometimes he won't. Sometimes I, I can't eat it. Uh, you, you make it hot. I was like, okay, make it hot again. Oh no, it tastes different now. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> well, it sounds like meal times in your house are exactly like ours, and I think yeah. whatever works for you and your family, as long as they're happy and they're healthy, I'm sure that you're yes. just over the moon if they eat something. Well, just with Absolutely. just with just with the happiness side of things, what we do uh, on 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 table talk, Joe, we always have a a bit where it's our table tips, where the the person we're talking to always gives us a little top tip to help yeah. other parents cope uh, with day-to-day life with children. So what's your table tip? I think I just piggyback off Christine. You have to take every day as it comes. Don't, ex- you know, don't expect anything. Just take take it as it is and what will be will be. You can't change that. And I, But saying that, I remember my granddad, he always used to say, uh, fail to prepare prepare to fail yeah so i literally i know what my day looks like like factually kind of okay we've got this appointment this is happening today meal times are this time but how that looks in between that you don't need to focus on oh well social media says it has to be this way or my friend does it this way you do what works for you you do what works for your family because ultimately it's you that's getting you through the day it's not anyone else And that's that's the only advice I can ever give. That's a a, a, a great tip. Now, before we wrap up as well, Joe, now I know you said, Jamie, has he got Archie at the minute? Yes. Right, so this is what we do. You stay in this room, we'll back you up. You can pretend you're still talking to (laughs) us. 
<laughs> get yourself on that couch and have a kip. And then, and then and you say to Jamie, go, that podcast was went, went on for six hours. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what happened? They just wouldn't stop. <laughs> Sounds like your experience, Patrick. <laughs> Joe, I've absolutely loved speaking to you today. Thank you so much for your time. Sending lots of love to your three gorgeous children. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us, Joe. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. Take care. Bye. 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 Thanks for joining us for our chat with Joe today. Yeah, a really big thank you to Joe and to McCain for getting us together with Family Fun to bring you another episode of Table Talk. We'll be back soon with another show and don't forget, if you can make a donation to Family Fund, your support will make a really big difference. And to do that, have a look at familyfund.org.uk. Thanks again for listening. We hope you join us next time on Table Talk. ta <laughs>